right, Ab Nation. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever and wherever you may be listening. Welcome to the Lockdown Avalanche Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Chris Maselli, with another podcast episode dedicated to your Colorado Avalanche. Uh, I hope everybody had a good Thanksgiving weekend, extended weekend, if you had some time off from work, filled up the belly, and back to some Avalanche hockey uh, I don't think we've done a show since before the Edmonton game, right before Thanksgiving. So uh, Avalanche with a very good week of games, and uh, we'll kind of touch on uh, all three of those games. Uh, we will be talking about the uh, Thanksgiving break, not the Thanksgiving break, but games leading up to Thanksgiving, where the standings are, um, and what that means for your playoff push. Um, which, strangely enough, if you're in a playoff spot around Thanksgiving time, you're more likely than not to get a playoff berth. Uh, we'll kind of talk about that. Uh, the All-Star, uh, NHL has put up their All-Star voting for captains. Um, obviously, that's something that is uh, of interest to a couple Avalanche players. Um, the, the Devils have kind of made it known that Taylor Hall is available um so we'll get into that and if the avalanche are buyers for him um and what maybe some package deals they could send to the devil's way to get taylor hall so uh we'll kind of got a a jam-packed show for you tonight or today or this morning again whenever you may be listening uh, but first things first social media follow me on the Twitter, LOPN underscore Avalanche. The Instagram, Locked on Avalanche. Send emails to the Gmail, Locked on Avalanche at gmail.com. And there is a Facebook page, though. I don't really do much with Facebook. <laughs> I try not to anymore. Uh, you can just search Locked on Avalanche and follow us on Facebook. So, the uh, previous week for Colorado, three games, three victories, um, and that's something that they needed to have happen after a uh, minor losing streak. Uh, if we back up to the Euler game, very, all three of these games, they were very dominant. Uh, the, the Euler game, 4-1, to one, they win that game. Um, of course, Nathan McKinnon, a couple points. Uh, let's see, Kadri with a goal, Nieto with a goal, and Logan O'Connor coming through with a goal in the end there. Um, and once again, our minor league system is holding their own. And I, we talk about it over and over and over again, but it's still impressive what this team is doing with their minor league players coming up to the big time and uh, putting in good minutes, putting on uh, good shifts, and uh, O'Connor is just another one who uh, had his opportunity, and and he, you know, at least in the Edmonton game, is taking advantage of it. Um, same thing with Callie Rosen. He he was called up. He had an assist in that game. Um, and our boy Kale McCarr had nothing. So again, this is a full team effort. We always want to uh, tout McCarr and McKinnon, uh, and rightly so. Um, but I think you know McKinnon is always going to have his say in a game there's times where he doesn't score um it's seldom but there are times where he doesn't score but he still has a major impact and influence on that game same thing with Cal McCarr he might not have scored in this game he had a big impact um and then we move along to the first of the back-to-back against the Chicago Blackhawks 
First one in Chicago, Avalanche, <laughs> Avalanche dominant pretty much from start to finish in that one. Uh, five to two. Uh, McKinnon with a four-point game. Comfort with a three-point game. Uh, McCarr got a goal, I believe, in that one. Um, and Nechuskin got a really beautiful goal, which um, he, I don't want to say he's starting to play better. He's been playing better, or he's been playing good for the better part of the season. Um, like we said, he just hadn't showed up on the stat sheet, but it's starting to. seems like it's starting to come together, and he's starting to um, have some confidence in his game. And the back part of the back-to-back, um, obviously this time back in Colorado. This was Saturday night, um, and once again, Colorado just picked up where they – well, I don't want to say they picked up where they left off because they gave up a shorthanded goal early on. Uh, Brandon Saad had a, a, was a beautiful pass. I can't remember who passed it to him, but he was flying down center ice and um, – Whoever passed it to him, that was a gorgeous pass. And Colorado was down early in a shorthanded goal. You obviously don't like to see those. They're going to happen. But um, that's this team, did anybody really feel um, concerned about being down one nothing? I think that shorthanded goal happened a minute and a half in. Um, did anybody really feel concerned that, uh-oh, we might not win this, we might not get on the board? No. Uh, this is a dangerous team, and even without those guys back, and and you know I'm I'm leaving out the big part of this game uh, purposely right now because I'll talk about that in a minute. But um, did anybody really feel like okay, Chicago's up one nothing? Are we you know biting our nails? Are we shaking in our shoes? No. And relatively quickly, uh, a few minutes later, Nazem Kadri got one of uh, two goals back to back for him. Uh, I think they were a few minutes apart. Um, and the first one was assisted by our good friend uh, and back on the ice, Miko Rantanen. Um, he didn't play the Friday game, and I think that was a, a good choice. Why have your first game back be a back-to-back? That doesn't really make much sense. You, you, you being out as long as he was and the injury that he had, um, you don't want to test him in a back to back. So um, I went on the Blackhawks, the Locked On uh, Blackhawks podcast, and and that we recorded that Tuesday night. Um, and I had the feeling that he was going to come back Saturday. They really hadn't said anything then. Well, they did say he wasn't coming, but they definitely wasn't coming back for the Oilers game. We knew that, um, and it just didn't make sense to bring him back. And play him in a back-to-back. Why? Why would you do that? You're testing time in live action. No need to press that uh, one game right after the other. So why not wait an extra game, have an extra day, and have your first game back be on home ice? Why not have the home crowd behind you? Um, I'm not going to say that's what you know motivated McKin- um, Rantanen, but uh, he looked damn good. Um, and, and, and you can tell those, if he came back in the Oiler game, who knows? I'm sure he probably could have, if this was like a a playoff must win game, he probably would have played that game. We're still in November at the time we were. Um, so take the extra couple days and he looked, um, this is twice now that that we, we, we haven't seen Miko Rantanen when they had the whole contract thing in the off season and he signed right before the season started. And bam, got off to a really hot start. Had the injury, 
out for 16 games or something like that, uh, comes back, bam, four-point game in game one. Three assists and a goal. All of them were just beautiful, just unbelievable stick handling, quick hands. Miko Rantanen. Um, it, it's just it, it, it's incredible what this guy can do and what he brings to this team. And it's just one more piece of the puzzle that we are getting back. And hopefully we keep getting these puzzle pieces back. And they're 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 on a they're on a good stretch right now. Three game win streak. They don't play till Wednesday in Toronto, I wanna say. Uh let me double check on that really quick. I'm almost positive. They do have a short um a short road stretch coming up. Here we go. Yeah. In Toronto on December 4th, very next day in Montreal, one day off, and then a date with the Bruins. So that's three, and then they come home to play uh, Calgary. So three games in four days against Toronto, against Montreal, then the day off, and then the Bruins. Mm. This is, I mean, we're not going to say this is a, the beginning of the season when they had that. It was a five or six game road road trip. The very beginning of the season. And I said that in the show and during that time frame. That's, uh, teams haven't got their legs yet. Um, you know, they, they went into Washington and really took it to the Capitals. They went into Tampa Bay and did the same thing. But now look at Washington. Um, I don't really know how, how Tampa Bay is doing. Let me just look up their standings. I don't really keep track of what Tampa Bay is doing. Um, and they're coming around a little bit, it seems like. Well, they've lost three in a row, so there you go. But, yeah, look, look at look at the Capitals. Capitals are, are flying high. Four losses, and one of them are to the Avalanche. Um, so we'll, we'll pay attention to the next time they play each other. But, uh, Maple Leafs gave the Avalanche a tough game last time in, um, Denver. Um... And, you know, the, the first time they played Boston, uh, that was an excellent game by the Avalanche. They, that was uh, Boston's only loss for quite a while to start the season. But, again, those like, now now I want to see this game again against Boston to see now Boston is really playing well. Um, this is going to be a completely different game. And they all are. You know, they, did, did anybody expect Colorado to really do what they did to Chicago in back-to-back games and manhandle them the way that they did. It typically doesn't happen that way. Um, teams make adjustments when you're doing back-to-backs, and and then usually, I don't want to say, you know, the, the team can win both games many times. It happens all the time. But usually they're not blowouts like that. So um, does that speak to what the Avalanche, how the Avalanche are playing, or does that speak to, you know, the struggles that Col- um, Chicago are going through? And it's probably a little bit of both, I would say. Uh, but for right now, it was a very good week for Colorado. Like I said, three three wins in the week uh, for the month. The Avs, I believe, went eight and six. Um, let's bring up some stats for the for the month, because you know, obviously, here we go. So obviously, it was led by McKinnon, twenty five points for the week or for the month. For, yeah, for the week, that'd be incredible. Um, for the month for him, he was named the second star of the month. Uh, and Connor McDavid was number one. We have to get that switched at some point. Cal uh, McCarr, 16 points on seven goals, nine assists, 
And I think he has 26 points for the season. So 16 of his 26 points came in November. Uh, Jonas Donskoy, uh, very impressive, 14 points on six goals, eight assists. Um, and Burakovsky continues to play well, 12 points for him on seven goals and five assists. And Kadri with 12 points, and he flipped it. He had five goals and seven assists. So it's one, two, three, four, five players with double-digit points uh, on the month of November for, for Colorado. Again, amazing pickups in the offseason. Between the, the pickups that they have in the offseason, and three of those guys right there, Donskoy, Burakovsky, and Kadri, are, were the big pickups that they had. I mean, if you want to throw Belmari, but he got he got injured in that uh, nasty collision. So he's not really on here that much. He only had a point all month long, but what are you going to do? Um, those three guys, the the pickups and uh, the, the guys coming from the minor leagues. Now, the guys from the minor leagues aren't blowing up the stat sheet, but they're playing well. And a- as a whole, you have to be very pleased with what the Colorado Avalanche have done, weathering the storm, weathering the injury storm in the month of November. All right, and uh, speaking of November... There's a uh, a rule. It's not, I don't want to say it's a rule, but they they've kind of given it the designation as a rule of a rule of the Thanksgiving Day rule. And amazingly enough, if you are in a playoff spot, uh, this might be not news to some people out there. It might be news to others. Um, if you're in a playoff spot, one of the 16 teams that can make the playoffs uh, for the NHL by Thanksgiving Day, you have pretty much have a 75 to 80% chance of making the playoffs. That's incredible because we're only a couple months into the season. Um, and, you know, there's no parity like the, the parity in the NHL. Just the four major sports alone. Uh, baseball, because of the way the schedule is, um, and you're, you're playing two, three, or four games against the same team, uh, chances are you a, a lower team is going to be a playoff caliber team, maybe one of those four games. If they split that series two to two, it, I mean, it's not going to send shockwaves through that league football. Um, if you have a, a lowly team beat, um, you know, somebody like the new England Patriots or the Pittsburgh Steelers or something like that, that might raise eyebrows. Um, and in basketball, same thing. Like it's not like because there's so many games in a basketball season, um, it's not going to be dwelled on like it would for a football season. Um, playing just one game a week, obviously. Something in basketball, if a team that's like the New York Knicks beat Golden State, which I don't know how. I don't really pay attention to basketball, so I don't know how Golden. State, I don't think Golden State is doing that well this year. But let's just say Golden State of the past number of seasons if that happens that will raise an eyebrow for a few days and hockey it doesn't really happen like the, the parody is there if you know i'm not knocking on the kings or anything like that but um they haven't really been playing well if they beat the washington capitals i think people would just kind of say like oh wow and then go about their day um it's not expected but it happens all the time more so in hockey than any other sport so it's relatively incredible um, if you are in a playoff spot come Thanksgiving, what, two and a half months into the season, um, 
that you have a 75 to 80% chance of making the playoffs. And this is not just something that's new. This goes back years. Um, so I, I looked up on uh, The Athletic, and right now, they because we are past, obviously, Thanksgiving, they kind of have the percentages out. Um, and I won't go through all the teams, obviously. I'll just go through the important one, which is Colorado. And right now they have Colorado as an 89.2% chance of making the playoffs. And this is what they say. Again, this is from the Atlantic. The Avalanche don't have a very strong, un, don't, that, excuse me, the Avalanche don't have very strong underlying numbers, but they do have plenty of points banked despite missing their two best players for lengthy periods, one of whom should be very, back very soon. And obviously he is, Miko. This is a legitimate contender when fully healthy, though very high in PDO is a bit concerning given the team's meddling, uh, middling expected goals rate. That's gone up. Um, this was written two, three days ago. You know, So they obviously played a couple games with <clears throat> five goals in one game, seven in another. But still, um, they can score. It's just I still can't get over how um, a team who is out of maybe just a couple points out of it that's <laughs> come Thanksgiving time, uh, maybe just stop playing. <laughs> No, I'm kidding, but it's it's still one of the great mysteries of the NHL um, on the Thanksgiving Thanksgiving rule. Um, so again, November is over. Avalanche eight and six. Congratulations to Nathan McKinnon being the second star. Congratulations to Kale McCarr on being the rookie of the month. Um, he has that Calder locked up. Probably doesn't have to play the rest of the season to get it. Um, but he will, and I'm happy he will because it's, he's enjoyable to watch. We might be getting a couple more players back that we can watch as well in Gabe Landeskog and Matt Calvert. Um, this short trip that we had just mentioned in the last segment, uh, the three-day road road stretch, I believe Coach Bednar has said that they were both, both of them, Gabe Landeskog and Matt Calvert, will be joining the team on that trip. What does that mean? It means they're going to be joining the team for that trip. Doesn't necessarily going to mean they're playing, but it means that they're close and they will be monitoring them. And um, I haven't seen any video on Matt Calvert, um, but I've seen video on Landeskog. Um, he he looks like again. If this was closer to the end of the season and the Avs needed points, I think he would be playing Wednesday against uh, Toronto. Is there an outside shot that they play in Boston? Um, I don't, the Matt Calvert thing is very odd again, because they are not really giving us updates on him, um, or really what happened to him in general. We have more kind of a better idea of what Landeskog went through. Um, so I think, uh, I think he'll be back. Do, do I, do I think there's an outside chance in the Boston game? Yeah. Uh, if he's joining the team, I can't, I don't want to say, I think he'd come back in the Toronto game. Um, but I think, uh, if both of them are joining, then let's, let's just say, Hey, they should be on the ice before this road trip is over and we'll see when Boston. And despite Gabe Landeskog not really having a lot of games under his belt so far this season, he, he is an option if you want to head over to NHL.com, um, and pick who you think the captain should be for all of the divisions. And, uh, Gabe Landeskog is an option for the Central Division. So is Miko Rantanen. So is Nathan McKinnon. And so is Cal McCarr. Uh, so <clears throat> I don't know. Last year, Landeskog got in by fan voting. Um, 
I, I don't think he would get in this year. Um, I, I think, you know, obviously McKinnon and I think McCarr are locks. Uh, I think maybe there's enough games to be played and, and the short amount of games that he's already played in Miko Rantanen, uh, how much he's impressed in those few games that he's played. I think there's an outside, outside shot he could get in. Um, so I think definitely two, maybe three. I doubt four will be representing Colorado. <laughs> My cat's here too uh, at the uh, at the All Star game this year. So you can go to NHL.com, vote for who you think should be the captain. Uh, even the Avalanche have come out on Twitter and kind of backed. It's kind of funny. They're backing uh, McKinnon over McCarr on who you should vote for. Uh, they're kind of saying, "Hey, vote for." Uh, McKinnon as the captain. That way we can guarantee McCarr getting in the game as well. I just thought that was funny. Rather than just say, hey, let's you know vote for who you think deserves it. They're basically telling you, let's not split our vote. Let's all come together um, as a fan base and vote for McKinnon. And let's face it, like McKinnon deserves it <laughs> to be the captain. I'm sure McCarr uh, might be at some point in the future. Maybe not as long as these two are both on the same team. But, um, yeah, so go vote. I think you can vote every day. Last year, I don't know if they changed it, but last year you could vote up to, like, five times a day. Um, I never got that because it's all, like, relative. You know, whether you're voting once a day or whether you're voting five times a day doesn't really – shouldn't really change the outcome because everybody's going to vote however many times you tell them to vote. At least I would think they would. If you tell them to vote ten times a day, they're going to vote ten times a day. So what's the difference between once, five times, or ten times? But it is what it is. So go vote. Go vote for whoever you want. I mean, I'm not going to tell you what the Colorado Avalanche are telling you to do and vote for McKinnon. Vote for who you want to vote for. But just make sure it's McKinnon or McCarr. All right. So the big thing, which once the interwebs gets a hold of it, um, it kind of takes on a mind of its own and get ready for nothing but Taylor Hall trade talk from now until he gets traded and I think it's almost inevitable that he will get traded so we won't say if he gets traded we will say when he gets traded and of course the avalanche are going to be the hotbed team um, for him to go to um, among other teams it's not you know it's not just going to be just Colorado and that's it but Colorado has a lot of bargaining chips um, to bring in Taylor Hall and the question is should they should they give up everything that they've built up right now since the Duchesne trade um, and and get rid of some of those pieces to bring in Taylor Hall, which could be for a rental? We don't know. Um, there's a lot of pieces here. I, I'm not going to go into all of them right now and all the different possible outcomes. That would just go on way too long and bore some people. But should the Avalanche do this if the... What the Devils are asking for is not extravagant. Absolutely. Will what the Devils be asking for be extravagant? Most likely. Number one, I think the only people that the Avalanche have to blame for that is themselves because of what they pulled off in the Duchesne trade. Now every other team sees what they did, and when they have a superstar player like Taylor Hall is that wants out, um teams are going to want a King's Ransom, um, and thanks to Colorado pulling it off, 
now this is they they pretty much have created look king's ransom trades happen all the time well i shouldn't say that they they don't happen all the time like they the kind of the asking price comes down after uh you know a, a certain period of time and it did not for for joe sackick he stuck to his guns and he told matt duchene in the beginning i need you to be patient through this um and i think the reason he said it is because like i know what i want and that's what i'm going to get and he held out and he got it. So now other teams are going to do that same thing. They have a little bit less time, a lot less time with Taylor Hall because uh, his contract is running out. So um, they got to act somewhat quickly. But what did the Avalanche do? I think a lot of this, and this is with any team, not just Colorado, but we're just going to say speak for Colorado because that's what this show is about. If you're getting him, and you're only going to get him for a rental, I think there's going to be two deals on the table. One is if you're able to sign him to an extension, and two is if you don't. If you sign him to an extension, here's another player, here's another pick, whatever the case may be. If you don't sign him to extension, whatever you trade, whatever changes hands at that point in time, when you do the trade, that's it. I think both are good options for the Avalanche if you're in the position that they should be in come the end of the season. You're in this to win Stanley Cups. He he makes you an immediate top of the of the line team. They are they're hovering on that right now and I think most people would say they're they're in that upper echelon of teams. He catapults them to the top of that and makes them even a a more dangerous and more scarier team. If they can get him on board, do they sign him to a long-term deal? I I can't be the GM of that. I, obviously, if you're bringing him in, you want him to sign a long-term deal. But what do you give up? Um, I, I, let's see. The Devils have, have I've read places that they when he was going to be drafted, eventually the Avalanche got him in Martin Kaut. I've read that they liked him at that time. Maybe they still do. He's not really panning out the way the Avalanche want him to, but he's still young. He's still teachable. Do the Devils take him on that? Do they ask for Bone Byum? Um, if they do, do you give that up? It's not out of the realm of possibilities that they give up Byram. Um, because like he's obviously he's, he's, he's young. He has a ton of potential. But the Avalanche have a gluttony of riches at the defensive end. Is that a possibility? Yeah, it is. I I would entertain that. Call me crazy. I would entertain it. But you have to know ahead of time. You're not just going to give up him not really knowing what uh, Taylor Hall's intentions are. And Taylor Hall has a agent. I don't remember his name. Who... Uh, does not like to do deals midseason. He likes to have his players go into free agency. And Taylor Hall's that guy that is will will command big money come time. Avalanche have some money to play with. I don't know what their situation is at the end of this year. That all, you know, we'll cover that towards the end of the season. They would have to make moves, obviously, to free up some more money for him. And you still have McKinnon on what three, four years left on his insanely uh, lenient deal for the avalanche. I don't know that this, this is going to be talked about until it happens. I think the avalanche are uh, a big player in this. I think they would welcome him. I think they would be willing to give up some of these players that they have uh, 
the and draft picks that they've stockpiled and players that they have at different levels of hockey right now to get Taylor Hall to win a championship because in any sport you have a short and finite amount of time to win championships and Colorado's in a good spot where we're keep saying like for the next five, six, seven, eight plus years, if they can keep signing these guys, obviously that's a big if keep the, the nucleus of what they have together. Um, they could win a number of championships easier said than done of course but they're in a great position to do that bring in taylor hall it only helps you i say do it depending on what the asking price is you don't want to go crazy obviously but the abs have built up all of these players all of these picks and if you got to give some away to get a player like him i say do it so we'll see i'm sure we will have many updates on this as it gets closer to the deadline um because let's get real. This is not going to happen uh, overnight. This, the, All of this just broke a couple days ago. And it's not going to be done by the end of the, uh, end of the week. Probably not even end of the month. This is, I think, going to go down to uh, uh, draft or, excuse me, um, trade deadline. Because the Devils are going to hold out for as much as they can, as long as they can. So um, it'll be interesting. So that is it for today, ladies and gentlemen. Um, no... No game until Wednesday, like we said, so we don't really need to preview anything. Um, and we'll be back tomorrow. Hopefully we have some updates, more injury updates like we do every day. seems like we have updates on injuries. So, um, But I'm sure there'll be some more news breaking, and we will cover it all tomorrow. But until then, here is Joby. Go, Abs, go! Go, Abs, go!